This episode is part of the pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your member services manager. Welcome to Episode 8 in the Risk Pool's STP podcast series. I'm your host, Scott Houston. And in this episode, we'll talk about COVID-19 vaccines and our first responders. If you're a firefighter, paramedic, or law enforcement officer, especially one who is eligible but hasn't been vaccinated, I implore you to listen on. I hope you've had a chance to listen to our prior episodes. We've talked about all kinds of issues, but we've not done an episode as important and as serious as this one. As with each episode, I'll give you some basic information, hear from people who have firsthand knowledge in the subject, and then give you some action items to ensure that you're getting everything you can from our partnership. Pandemic prevention measures have become highly politicized. There's no doubt about that. But I don't want to get into that at all. In fact, I sought interviews with medical experts and state leaders related to their position on vaccinations, but none of them contacted me back. And now that I think about it, I think that's actually better. Instead, I simply want to give you hard, cold facts about COVID-19. Yes, this disease can be mild, but it can also be deadly. And that's true no matter your age or physical condition. Welcome back. Let's get down to it. Of new hospitalizations for coronavirus-related illnesses, nearly 40% are in Florida and Texas. According to the Texas Tribune and the Texas Department of State Health Services, Texas has seen nearly 9,000 COVID-19 deaths since February of this year and all but 43 of those were unvaccinated people. Preliminary data shows that 99.5% of COVID-related deaths in Texas were among unvaccinated people. Texas has a 44.7% vaccination rate, which is far too low to halt community spread of the virus. For that to occur, some 80% of the population would have to be vaccinated. Those are the facts. I now want to tell you about Roger Dean. Roger was a firefighter, paramedic, and field training officer with the Seguin Fire Department. He came from a family tradition in public service. His dad is a former police officer and firefighter, and his mom is a hospital nurse serving COVID patients. Roger was passionate about adventure travel, fishing, camping, woodworking, and repairing cars. He never said no to any person who needed help with fixing their car, building a fence, clearing land, or really anything else that needed doing. While doing all of this, he also found plenty of time to be a fantastic husband, son, and loving father to Amelia, his now eight-month-old daughter. Roger was diagnosed with COVID-19 on Christmas Day of 2020. That was prior to vaccines being available. He passed away on April 23rd at the age of 31 after a valiant battle with the disease. I'm now joined by Roger's wife, Stephanie, his mom, Ashley, and his dad, also named Roger. Stephanie, can you tell me a little bit about what happened? Roger was a very healthy man, 31 years old, worked out, managed his weight and everything. And we never expected that he would get COVID. And if he did, that it wouldn't be this bad. He was diagnosed on Christmas Day when he tested positive. He had the regular symptoms for two weeks. And then there was a week that he kind of was better, but he was having a little breathing issues and he went back to work even. 
I think for a couple of shifts and then it just got worse kind of a week after back to normal life it just immediately got worse like went downhill very quickly to where he couldn't breathe he couldn't get off the couch he couldn't walk without losing his breath we immediately went to the emergency room and and the hospital admitted to the ICU and he was in the hospital, um, it was several months, uh, I think four months or something like that, and he got put on the ECMO machine. Pretty much right away, though, when he was in the hospital, the doctors said, looking at the x-rays and the scans, that he needed a double lung transplant, that his lungs, basically, I think what they said was his lungs looked like he had been smoking for 40 years. And he was never a smoker, never a drinker, anything like that. I mean, like I said, very healthy man. But they said that it tore his lungs up, basically. Tell me about the process once he was admitted to the hospital. I mean, it was a very long process. We didn't get the lung transplant just because we, I guess, the time and stuff. He just got progressively worse as time went on. And did you get to see him while he was in the hospital? He was in three different hospitals throughout his time in the four months, and each hospital had different rules. So one hospital, I couldn't see him at all when he was there. One hospital, it was only an hour at a time, and it was only one person. So each time, it had to be just me. So his parents couldn't see him at all during that time. And then the last hospital, when he was in the COVID ICU, I couldn't see him at all just on the video, basically, until the very end. Mr. and Mrs. Dean, what would you like to say about what happened to Roger? As a parent of a child who's a firefighter paramedic, you you expect there are certain hazards, and you always expect there might be a knock on the door at any time when they're out working. You expect those type of things to be more of a, a catastrophic type issue, you know, being struck by a vehicle on a roadway, being killed in an explosion or a you know, building collapse, something like that, you never expect that a virus is going to um, infect your child and kill him. And I'll say this, Roger was very safety conscious. He had full protective equipment on during his exposure. His exposure was during a house call for a COVID-positive patient who was in respiratory distress and they needed to intubate that patient. And Roger performed the intubation and was infected with the COVID virus course of illness, you know, progressed like Stephanie explained. It was a very, very hard concept to kind of wrap your mind around, but I know he was extremely careful in his daily routine as far as, you know, patient care went and, you know, taking care of folks, you know, as a frontline provider. So uh, I know he did everything right and I know the people on his team did everything right. And, you know, unfortunately that was the outcome. Stephanie, what would you say to a first responder or really anyone who's listening to this podcast and is eligible for the vaccine, but for whatever reason is hesitant to get one? Um, One thing I'm going to say also is, if I can make it through, but, um, you know, when you're you're young, you don't think about death. And um, you don't think it can happen to you. Um, Roger was 31 years old. We just bought our house. We just had a baby girl about four months before he got infected. 
and um, you don't think it could happen to you, but it can. It definitely can. Thank you so much for your courage and bravery in getting through that and honoring Roger's memory. Mr. and Mrs. Dean, would you like to add anything? I'm an ICU nurse in Austin, and I see this every day. I've been working COVID wards for 18 months now, and right now is worse than it was at the peak in January, February of of this year and it's young unvaccinated people that we're seeing healthy 20 year olds 30 year olds 40 year olds it's not just people that have comorbidities it's not people that are overweight have asthma diabetes it's healthy people that are in the hospital on oxygen on ventilators And I know if Roger had been given the choice or the advantage of taking a vaccination, he would have been the first person in line and he would have been educating the public and his fellow firefighters and public safety personnel about the advantages of being vaccinated and the risks of not, he would have been out there promoting health and doing what's best, not just for yourself, but for the whole community. That's what Roger was about. The folks who work in, well, in the public in general, I mean, when you work for a governmental agency, you know, we're all first line personnel as far as that goes. So we have an obligation to the public that we serve. And part of that obligation is to make sure, you know, we're on the job providing the services that the community you know, pays for through tax money and the, the services people expect, especially public safety personnel. We have a dangerous job. We do brave things every day, whether it's, you know, suiting up and putting your uh, gun belt on and going to work and working a patrol shift or just showing up at the station and responding on an engine or, or an ambulance. We do brave things every day, and the, the brave thing is just getting dressed and going to work and showing up and being available. I would say this. It takes a lot of bravery to do that, but be brave and get that shot. I mean, don't let – don't second-guess yourself and, and psych yourself out. Be, be brave, if nothing else, for the, for the community we serve and for your family. Thank you so much. You've all been so eloquent in honoring Roger's memory. Roger's family wants him to be remembered by four cornerstones, love for family and friends, passion for serving others, enjoyment of adventure, and faith in God. In other words, Roger's life was like so many of yours, and it was taken from him way too soon because he didn't have a chance to protect himself through a vaccine. I'd be taking away from the power of the family's heartfelt message, I think, if I say anything else, so I'm going to skip the action items for this episode. I will say this. The pool has had over 3,000 first responder COVID claims, many of those with lingering effects. Tragically, we've also had 20 fatalities, with some of those, like Roger, being so-called long haulers of the disease. And the numbers are trending in the wrong direction right now. 
So, if you're eligible and haven't been vaccinated, please think about what you've heard in this episode as you decide what's best for you, your family, and the residents you serve. To review written materials associated with the presentation or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tmlirp.org and click on the Stronger Together podcast link. Please remember that the information in this episode is provided for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute legal advice. We recommend that you review the podcast and the accompanying written materials with your attorney prior to taking action.